Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sportstone podcast, the Liverpool breakdown, not a traditional format for this one. I have with me Samuel A.P., um, who has his own podcast, is very popular in the Liverpool fan base and Liverpool community, quite active on Twitter, has some great tweets, um, writes on Medium. Uh, I have the honour of welcoming him on my podcast. We are about to go into a hour, one-hour chat with him where we discuss all things Liverpool so far in the season. We discuss tempo, pace of play. We discuss Liverpool's evolution of the build-up structure, the progress they've made from the start of the season. We discuss certain player profiles, what do Liverpool need in the number six role. We discuss performance of Wataru Endo. We discuss the tactical fluidity of the right-hand side and we preview the Man City game. Personally, as, as a tactics nerd and a tactics fanatic, I enjoyed this chat so much, and I, I thoroughly believe you guys will resonate with that. Um, let's get into it. I don't want to waste your time straight away. Let's get into the chat. All right, I've got a very famous Liverpool Twitter person, Samuel. He's with me. Um, love his work. He's got probably around 10 times more followers than me. But um, he's, he's, quite, uh, he's quite famous, especially when um, he talks about game states. That's that's his that's his Twitter go-to word, game states, and sometimes he also gets stick in the comments for not being able to be understood, even though the tweet is very clear and should be able to be understood. Um, but that's just a Twitter fan base. All right, let's get into it. Um, so yeah, we're here to talk about Liverpool. We're here to talk about the first 10, 10 to twelve games. What's happened? What we think is good, bad. What what should be improved? Um, to reiterate, we don't think we're better than Jurgen Klopp. We're just here to talk and we're here to discuss. So we're not trying to replace Jurgen Klopp. We also don't think we're better than him. Um, okay, so let's get into it. I guess to start off, I think a good question to start off. What do you think has been our best performance this season? Um, oh, good question. Good question. I would say... Okay, so I think I tweeted out that I said that the I believe I think yeah, I'll say the first thirty the first twenty six minutes of the Spurs game before Jones got sent off was yeah. pro- was probably one of our um, best periods. Um, I would say that again, so it says again, um, but game the game state and mm-hmm. the state of itself. Probably made a difference because obviously I think in big games anyway, I I I trust with enough training and with enough time, um, unlike the city game, but I'll get to that. Um I think yeah. I trust, you know, we'll always be on the goal for, for big games. Um yeah. let me just quick check our fixture list because there was a game that I was like it was our best performance. Let me just double check. Was it um Aston Villa, maybe? Maybe not Villa. No. Aston Villa was like for me. Villa was, was, was like the start of our better yeah. performances. I also think the way team. Villa set up really so played into us because all the games before that, when we were pressed and we were when we were really like put under pressure, we struggled in the build up, but they just dropped off and it just allowed us yeah. to sort of play. Um, yeah. so yeah, I agree. That was probably the start of our new, new build up process. Um, but probably not the best indicator for our best performance. Um, in the re- like the recent the recent span of games after the latest international break, I, I thought like I didn't think we had any magical performances. I just thought we did enough to get the results. Um, so, for example, the um, the the game at home against Brentford, I, I didn't th- I didn't think we played amazingly, but we just got the result, um, which is sort of what we've been doing at Anfield all season. Toulouse, I thought we were pretty bad, but I wasn't too fussed about that. Um, 
Luton Town, I thought we were pretty, pretty bad as well. Um, yeah. Um, at least I thought we were right, but it wasn't just, it was, it was a very patchy game. It just didn't really string together. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Um, yeah, I mean, even I'm trying to think best performance. I agree with the Spurs shout. That's what I thought. I, I thought the Spurs should, we were just playing really, really well in, in the Spurs game. Um, but obviously the the red cards happened, um, which has that been a story of the season. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, and also what I'll say is, is that I actually really, really liked the Brighton game as well. Even though we yes. to, yes. that was a game that I liked from a tactical perspective, obviously. <laughs> You know, Brian are a team that are that do try to engage in the high press. Um, they obviously try to play football as well, and so that was mm-hmm. nice to, to see that we were able to go toe to toe with Brian. Um, obviously, they had their strategies, we had ours, um, and it was really really good to see how. So I say I'll say that was our, probably our best uh, yeah. tactical performance in the context of trying to become a better possession based team. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll say that. that I'll say the, the Brian game. And I believe, in fact, I did. That was the game that I tweeted out at the time when I, when I rewatched it. I said to myself, and, and I tweeted it, and I said that, yeah, this is definitely our best performance of the season. And, right. I, and I'm even sure I even went on to, um, I think, let me remember. Yeah, so there were probably a few key factors that I liked. Um, again, this was probably, again, so I, I would say, probably, yes, this started probably the Aston Villa game. Um, I right. think since that game, we started to see really our um, our ideas being um put in place for example against brighton we kind of like we kind of like played their game as well so you know we were baiting the press and what i mean by that is obviously um we would, we, we would purposely pass the ball backwards during build-up to obviously entice 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 and then when the ball usually breaks to the last lines that's probably so that's probably that's uh to allison or sometimes t van dyke um, they would quickly play a play a pass forwards against the momentum of Brian's press, and obviously that was something that we used really, really well to um, gain some momentum. And 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 as well, so just 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 one more as well, yeah, the Brian yeah. game as well. Um, because of the fact that we were able to, you know, keep the ball through our build up. I I I remember we did not concede many transitions, and when we did, we almost always had. Numerical um, superiority in those um, situations. So yeah, that's what I'll say. Brighton was a good game. Yeah, and yeah. the thing that you said about baiting the press, it's 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 funny because that's their game. That's what Brighton do. They're they're the baiting the press people who entice the pressure and then play those vertical line breaking passes. So to do it against them um, was pretty funny. But although that template was laid because I think the weeks before the Liverpool game, Brighton had lost a few bad games and they lost with a few bad score lines as well. Um, so yeah. it would. Their defensive organization was has been modeled all year. Uh, I'm not too sure what's going on there. I haven't watched enough Brighton. Um, but yeah, I think I agree with what you said. Um, so sort of break down what you said in more detail. Um, you said that the Aston Villa game was sort of the start. And in the Brighton game, we really saw some of our principles being sort of laid down. So like, what are, what are these principles? Like, what do you think is, are these principles that Klopp is trying to instill since the Aston Villa game or in the inception of the Aston Villa game? Um, so I'll say probably the probably the main thing for me is, is like how um how 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 were we gonna or how did we want to try to create situations where we were able to get the ball facing forwards with runners? So you got uh, Nunez, you got Salah, you've got maybe uh, Diaz, for example. How were we able to work the ball into those situations 
face and forwards and and then be able to play and and I think obviously the reason for that is because obviously when you're when you're when you when you receive the ball or you're able to manufacture a a a situation where you're face and forwards that's obviously the safest time to pass the ball when yeah. you've got the ball and you're facing and you've got time and space obviously um mm-hmm. with runners to hit that's the best time to use the ball and I think obviously Liverpool couldn't quite get that balance right last season, obviously. And obviously, the, the beginning of the season against Chelsea, for example, that was really difficult. And so I think, yeah, just being able to um, find situations, obviously find Trent, who is basically the person who's able to to more or less um, excel that. And I think, obviously, we did that, but obviously trying to, obviously, um, so when, when teams usually press, they obviously have to block the centre, so they might, you know... Put, have two, three, two, three players, you know, um, screening the pivots. So obviously, that's obviously going to be Trent and McAllister. And um, one thing that we did really well was Trent would often obviously come outside the of block. the block, yeah, and then and then and then and then sometimes um, be able to carry the ball forwards with time and space, or maybe he was able to hit a pass to um, to the, the left half space or to obviously um, the wide um, left space. Obviously, as well, we're able to play combinations as well. So that was something that we did really well, trying to get a situation where we we're facing ball, where we got the ball facing forwards. Another thing that we did really, really well is obviously trying to make sure that we're playing through the centre um, rather than playing down the wings. Um, I think I think um, I, I, I can't remember what manager said this, but I think there was a manager that said um, it's better to play through the centre than go wide rather than going wide. Then going through the, the sentence, obviously, yeah. So, um, yeah, Liverpool have definitely, definitely, definitely been more insistent on playing through the center, on trying to generate superiorities through, through the center. And obviously, sometimes you will see that happen sometimes with um Jones, so Bosley, McAllister, they're able to uh connect, combine one twos, um, third man combinations, etc., etc., to um to get the ball and just quickly progress through. I think as well, we're seeing um a Again, like the Brighton game, we're seeing we're using tempo much more often, and so you may see yeah. again we may use it, and so again like we may use it in a in a different way. For example, I think Jones or Sabozla is really good at this, where you know maybe we're passing the ball on the back and maybe um, Sabozla um, receive the ball and maybe the tempo of the move is going you know relatively slow or whatever and. and and then, boom, you might see a quick one-two with Jones. I think those two especially really mm. did, really did dis- dis- display that connection between them. And so, using use of um, tempo was one. Um, yeah, that's just, like, the main things I think um, we're seeing more in play. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm happy you make these points because I'm looking at my notes right now and the two points that I have are uh, tempo management and evolution of build-up. So I think you've hit the nail on the head for most of the points. Let's start with tempo. Let's let's break down tempo management because um, why were we, I think I agree with you in the sense that the, the tempo is definitely improving and you can definitely see that in the coaching staff and in the way that the coaching staff look at the game in Liverpool, the tempo is definitely a big thing for them that they want to work on. I still think it's a, a bit of an issue in terms of aspects of the game and certain sides that we play against. And the best example I always use is the end of the first half against Everton. Um, they were down to 10 men, and you can tell they were rattled. Like, the, the, they were, body language-wise, intangible-wise, you can tell they weren't sort of 
um <clears throat> they weren't in the right headspace but we just played so the end of the first half we just didn't really go at them we just played quite slow the pace of the game was quite slow um and even in the second half for like the first 25 30 minutes it was just us trying to break down that low block how 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 sort of sat back we were and there wasn't really any sort of incision or, or one two passes or rotations or or running at the defense it was sort of just side by side or or out to the winger and then back to the midfielder and then rotate the other way and then rotate the other way um and i think it was similar even in the brentford game for a bit and um i talked about this in the previous brentford podcast i did and i'm fairly sure in the broadcast you can hear Jurgen Klopp shouting quicker numerous times I'm sure you I'm fairly sure you can hear him shouting quicker numerous times and I think that is the key for Liverpool to break down low blocks and break down these sort of compact teams that are sitting back they have to play quicker they have to play with the tempo and that doesn't mean you do that for 90 minutes because it's impossible to play quick for 90 minutes you do it for periods of the game you do it for certain game states and then and then for other games, as you settle back down to your sort of your more solid, um, just more controlled way of playing or just a slow way of playing. And I think that's the thing that I'm looking at with Liverpool in terms of an issue. That evolution from being overly direct and hyper attacking and hyper vertical and just having no control, like the Chelsea game where you have like 35% possession, but also having those moments where you can play quick and just break down these low blocks and really be incisive. But then also control it when you won the up, perhaps to be a bit more sort of controlled and compact in the way you're playing. Um, and some of our Europa League performances come to mind. Um, we played that more controlled way in the Europa League. Whereas I think it was the, I think it might have been the two 0 win against Toulouse. Was it two 0 I can't remember the scoreline, but the one that we won at home against Toulouse. Um, I thought that was a very controlled game. We barely got out of like first or second gear, um, but we got the job done in terms of the way we controlled the tempo. Um, so yeah, I think what will take the side to the next level is finding the balance between being overly direct, but also overly restrained and far too predictable and horizontal. As you said, they want to play through the center. They want to play vertically. They want to be looking at each other. And as Soberslai, I think is a great example of taking that temper to the next level. Um, if some of the other players can come come close to him or sort of participate in that in those quicker passes that they make, I think they can do a bit more effective of a job of breaking down those more compact sides um i think at spurs or against newcastle that wasn't too much of a problem because we sort of feasted off transition anyways because of how sort of aggressive those sides are um or the spurs we were also i think we dictated the play because newcastle was completely different because we were down to 10 men so early on so transition transition moments were sort of the um were, were the calling um but yeah i, I think we know that Liverpool's identity is this quick vertical play um they must stick to that However, I think sort of shortening distances, um, having these complex rotations, you can sort of enhance that tempo a bit more instead of sort of just sitting off for like 50, 60 minutes against teams that are just calling for you to come at them um, and want to soak up that pressure and hit you back on the counter. Um, Brentford being the prime example of that. Um, so yeah, what are your thoughts on sort of the, the tempo management aspects of things? Aspects of things? Yeah, yeah, I think I definitely agree. I think um, when we are camped in the final third and, you know, we have the, the field tilt, we have, you know, we are in their half and, you know, we're essentially controlling proceedings. I think definitely, definitely, definitely um, we need to be able to um, play a bit faster. But I do think as well, like, especially the Epson game, for example, and the Brentford game yeah. um, and the Newton game actually as well, you could see that there were instances where 
we try to play fast and that caused some technical errors. So I remember right. like Sabodlai big big culprit for this. Sabodlai, McAllister, um Simicas in, in um recent weeks where they try to play too vertical or they try to play too fast and either they lose the ball or they have to or maybe you know the pass is blocked off or whatever. Um and so I think as well I think it's a it's it, it can be seen as a case of maybe um there's a there's a um the aspect of obviously they want to play fast. Well of course they do um and yeah. they're trying to play fast. I think the instances where they do is okay the when they choose to play fast they're making the wrong person doing that. I think um the when is the issue so when to play fast I think we're still lacking on that. Um I think obviously we know how to play fast um um and um and the why so for example if you're if we're camped in the opposite box and let's say um suppose that has a ball in the center of the pitch um yeah. but let's say for example that uh, maybe maybe um van dyke maybe behind him by the way maybe van dyke's a bit too far behind and so suppose like maybe the smart choice would be to maybe don't play that pass because we because the rest defense isn't quite set. It's not, so when yeah, it's not organized. Playing, yeah. Yeah. So when to make sure you're organized before you play any risky passes. And I think that's where we go wrong. Um so the when is the issue, I think. Um but again, yeah, I I, I think that um Liverpool um also we also have a lot of players in the team who who want to play basically all the time and so for example, Trent McAllister does as well. Obviously, it's a Bosley, Harvey Elliott. Um, you, like, you've got players who can play forward, and so sometimes you might get a case of maybe they're trying to play forward too many times, too many times. And I think, for example, against Luton, that was the case. For example, I, I think Luton was when obviously Nunes missed those um, two sitters, and everyone was going to Nunes. But I think I tweeted out on my Twitter something like, "You can." Um, be upset about Nunes missing yeah. these sitters. The issue was um, our excessive verticality in in possession, and I'm not sure if you if you recall, but that tweet got like I got that quotes. was a yeah, like, yeah that was a cooked tweet yeah yeah um, I got like five hundred quotes with like whatever like I was getting cast out um, but I think it's 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 still true. I mean I think. Um, when oh, no, I think your point was completely to... fine. I think people just don't understand the point. Yeah. That's the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah. So, I think when you're trying to play too fast, because I think Liverpool, I think what I think what we're good at is, I think cool. Let's make the distinction. I think what we're becoming good at is we are becoming good at not being vertical during the build-up phase. But when we get to that third final phase, that's where we're maybe playing too fast too quickly. I think that's maybe okay. the. the, the that we need to draw it because obviously I, I do think well in I couldn't I before the season started before the season started I could not foresee the progress that we've made with our build up. I, I if I'm honest um yeah maybe I'm maybe maybe that that that's me being a bit too pessimistic but I just could not see that and so where we are now I think we've definitely made progress and I think you could say Liverpool are able to control games 
with their build up effectively, just like Man City can, just like Brighton can, just like Tottenham can, just like Arsenal can. Do you know what I mean? So I think we're in that camp right now. And I think the next step is making sure that when we, that when we get to the final third, you know, obviously Nunes needs to, needs to of course, he's getting his goals, but I think he needs to really, really um, try to be more clinical. Um, I think McAllister, when we get into that final third as well, um, yeah. can be a bit um, and to Bozlai as well, to be fair, to uh, Bozlai has been sensational, of course, but two things. he I, I feel he does take quite a bit of time to warm up in, in a game. I think in, especially in, in the first few games of the season, I, I recall things, I recall thinking to myself that every, maybe the first 10 minutes, he you just see like a, a, a misplaced pass or... I think Chelsea might be the best example of that. He um he definitely took time yeah. to heat up in the Chelsea game. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. his second yeah, half, yeah. he was really good. First half, I remember thinking, yeah. I'm like, oh Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's been a few times that I thought he needs to warm up a bit. Um, but I think, yeah, I think definitely for, for the final third um, and our tempo um, saying we just need to be able to... So finding that balance. There. It's finding that balance. It's just, yeah, yeah, when we get there, when do we play fast and when do we just relax and find that right ball, I guess, is is, is, is the real... Um, and and... Really well. Sorry, just, just, just no, you're you're go, well, go through. I, I think, obviously, when you're, when you're camped in the final third, trying to penetrate, trying to play passes, obviously, the one-off, in fact, I, I'll say... This obviously does come out at some um, risk of being a bit reductive, but I do think that you're always looking for the overload. Where can we pass you? Where we have more plays than them in the area, three v two, two v one. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you do want. I think as well as attackers, you would even you would even actually love to have a one v one because most of the time when you're camping, you hardly ever get the chance to maybe get that one v one. Get that space, and so I think we need to identify the overloads better. Um, you know, play quicker, um, identify them, um, and yeah, I think that's what. Yeah, that's one thing as well. Yeah, and I mean to sort of add to that point, the the way you create overloads is also the, the shifted tempo, right? You're sort of controlling the ball, and then all of a sudden you played quicker. You've had a runner go in in the half space or something, and that run hasn't been tracked, and now all of a sudden you have an yeah. extra player there. You have some numerical superiority there. So like. Um, it's so it's not sort of that um we need to um find the overloads and then play quicker it's sort of it sort of goes over hand in hand in the sense that by playing quicker we can sometimes create the overloads um yeah. but you won't be in the position to create overloads if you're not patient and that's i think what you're trying to say with sort of McAllister and sub-size passes um especially McAllister, he sometimes makes these very vertical line breaking passes in the final third which just lose the ball and all of a sudden we're caught out in the transition yeah. and he'll get a yellow card from a foul or something um i, I swear i've seen it happen like five times this season um and that's because he just lost <laughs> patience and he's trying to play quicker um so yeah i think i think the points you brought up are very valuable and it's definitely added to that the idea that i had in mind in terms of tempo management because i can sort of see it in a different way now I, initially i was saying that we have to play quicker um and then balance it with that sort of control of the tempo but now i can see that yeah in the final third the goal isn't necessarily to play quicker the goal is to how to break it them down and you can't break them down unless one you organize the rest defense because then we'll get caught down if we make a bad pass but two um to break them down you have to shift the tempo um and that's sort of how yeah. it how it works yeah <clears throat> um yeah and cool. just, i'm sorry to put up on your point as well i yeah. think as well um 
making sure that you got a good a good rest defense. Because obviously, at the end of the day, we're playing football. Football, there's no way that Liverpool or any team, even Man City, can yeah. build and can sustain pressure, can you know camp in the half and not lose the ball. Because obviously, you have to be a bit more risky. Um, oh, of course, you have to yeah. be more risky. So, and so, what I want to say is, is that I think um, the rest defense um, thing that you brought up is really, really important because. If you have a good, if you have a, a a good tight compact rest defense and your players are you know proactive within their jaws, you can lose the ball not as many times as you want, but you can but you can lose the ball a fair amount of times and still be able to retain the ball by counter pressing, and so yeah. and, and and obviously as we know and as we all know. Klopp um, says that counter-pressing is the best number 10 in the world. Obviously, when you counter-press, that's when they are at their weakest. You know, that, that's when the structure isn't as strong as, as strong as. And so, yeah, that's something that, yeah, that's just one thing that I want to add on to what you said. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, first goal versus Brentford, I think, best example of the counter-press. I think it was Matip or Van Dijk that stepped up um, in the counter-press, got the ball, and then Trent's all of a sudden just looking into the vertical space because he knows they're disorganized and he plays that ball into Nunez. Great ball, by the way. Like, thinking and, that you want to play that ball. And that's because, well, and you can see that was a really good example of playing through the center to Nunez before going wide to Salah. Trent yeah. could have played that pass to Salah. Salah. He, could have. he can, he could yeah. have, he could have. He oh, of course off, he could have. But, yeah, he, yeah. but he knew you have to go through the center before going wide. And that's how Salah goes. So, and yeah. That was just, I was very. That's like one of my favorite like tactical moments from the season because it just shows how high the tactical awareness of Trent Alexander-Arnold is. He knows that we've just won the ball on the counter press, so they're going to be disorganized in the middle because that's the point of the counter press, as, as as Klopp has said and as you said. So he's aware of that and he's like, okay, they're going to be disorganized in the middle. So the first place I'm going to look is in the middle. Is that ball there? The ball is there. He plays the ball, go out wide. Salah does his thing. Um, but yeah, I think that was valuable discussion on, 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 on tempo management. And I think that's definitely one of the things that you want to monitor in terms of the progress of, of living. Okay, so I think that should do it on tempo management. I, th- I thought we had some great ideation there and some great ideas. So we obviously talked about build-up in, in quite a detailed manner already. And so what the goal is, the goal is to sort of have front-facing front-facing attacking plays where we're looking to play through the center. Um and we're looking to sort of minimize the distances and have these one-twos between the players. Um, and we're looking to find ways to sort of uh, break out of the central presses that people put on our double pivots being Trent and, and McAllister. Um, and so I, I think that's sort of talk about how we're being able to do that. And I think you sort of already started to allude to it. Um, and I think it's sort of a, a lot of it starts from Trent. Um, so to sort of, I guess, set the picture of what is... In a simplistic sense, what is happening? We have our two ball-playing centre backs, Van Dyke and Matip, or or Kanate, whoever it is, um, and then we usually have our left back, Robertson or Simikas, um, down the left space, push up a bit higher, higher up, and so tucked in. Um, and then with Trent, he's not in the early years of Klopp. He's not down the right hand side, sort of on the touchline anymore. He's obviously more central and tucked in. Whether you want to call that inverted fullback or, or not, that, that's, that's up to how you perceive that word. Um, but yeah, he's essentially in a in the pivot with with McAllister. But what he has been able to do so well is sort of shift out of that pivot. So what um, what Samuel said earlier is he comes out of the block. So the way you got to think about that is if you have central players 
sort of man marking essentially or i guess even shadow marking the two pivots that are McAllister and trent for him to come out of the block essentially means that he's um out of sight of that shadow marking and all of a sudden he's found himself a bit of space to be able, able to spot the the vertical spaces and the passes that he needs to play and that's so effective because i think what is actually misconceived about trent is that he is a great passer under duress i think he's a better than average passer under duress under pressure but he is one of the world's best passes when he has the time to think about his pass and when he has the the ability to see the vision so that's why coming out of the block makes him such an effective outlet and i think even more than coming out of the block at times he's even sort of been the third the third center back in build up and uh, i'm not sure if you agree with that but that's how i view it i, I think i think we've even had a line of three in build up with McAllister, and then Soboslai would drop deeper um to sort of collect the ball and then circulate the ball in the brentford game we even saw salah drop deeper at times um and endo even played the third center back at times in the brentford game um so that's the sort of fluidity and the rotations that Liverpool are having in the build-up so it isn't it's very hard to put sort of a numerical like a 2-2 or a 4-2 to it because there isn't really a numerical structure to it it's um, more sort of the situations in which you have to come outside the block the situations in which you have to support the the ball playing center backs um when the subs have to drop deeper and collect that ball and minimize the distances and if he drops deeper does the winger come deeper with them does gagpo or nunez come deeper with them those are sort of the considerations that have to be made um and that's my view on sort of the the complexity of the build-up what, what do you think what do you think is going on with that build-up um yeah i think as well um it's definitely definitely trent is the main man in, involved in all of this I think as well we have to mention Allison. Um he has oh, yeah, of as, course. A, um, he's been as a plus one in the build up and obviously he's actually been very, very helpful in, you know, um sometimes as well. Sometimes like Trent won't be Trent won't come out of the block. Obviously sometimes um it's best to stay in the block and try to manipulate the block that way. But I think um yeah, with Allison we've got an extra man basically an extra centre back basically who's playing on the ball and he's able to um fire passes in Sadly, sometimes as well, just like a common, um, a common situation is sometimes as well. Maybe the ball gets passed back, Allison. He'll wait, 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 wait. Someone, and then he'll commit someone, and then he'll pass the ball to Trent. He'll be in extra space. Um, so that's obviously one thing as well. But I think as well, just I'll build up in general. I think we're definitely, definitely, um, ex more explicitly using um stuff like um ensuring that you know. We have numerical superiority in certain situations, yep. obviously. So, for example, I'll give an example. Whenever someone like um, Kanati has the ball, for example, now mm -hmm. Kanati isn't the best ball playing centre back in the league. Um, I would say it's probably that, that's probably one of the weaknesses, one of the many, the one of the few weaknesses in his game. Yeah. Um, and um, making sure that he's supported at all times is really, really key. I think. Um, beginning of of this season, maybe last season, um, I remember there was a screenshot of of um, of how our back three looked when Trent inverted, and it was horrific. Like distances <laughs> were too wide. Um, Konate was wasn't connected, um, and it, it was just it was just shoddy. And now, um, and so um, yeah, so making sure that you were always supporting the ball canal with two or three options. Obviously, you want to make sure that. You're, that the person has a vertical pass to make or make you want to make sure that that the person has has the option of playing a vertical pass 
has the option of, of playing a horizontal pass and has the option of maybe, of maybe playing um, backwards if if he can. And so, um, yeah, making sure that was born our ball carrier. And I just think as well, um, to be fair as well, with the fact that we have players like Jones, for example, yeah. who is he was probably one of one of the, the biggest reasons why as to why our build up is really good is because he really slows down the build up. And obviously, again, you do want to play fast. I'm not saying that you should play that you you, you should play so, but with Jones, he kind of like um, balances out the team or the build up unit. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you got. Van Dyke, he can be vertical, you've got Konate, you've got McAllister, Trent, and so you've got these kind of players who want to play, so you need a player who just wants to rack up passes, he just wants to play sideways, he wants who, 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 someone who values um, short passes, and, and and I think with Jones, we're able to build up, maybe maybe more slowly, yes, but we're, but we're able to build up more cleanly through the thirds, because Jones does not prioritise longer passes, he likes short passes, and and obviously, a byproduct from getting that is that you are able to have shorter distances, which improves your counter press, which improves your rest defense. And so, just just because of his just because of his profile, I think I I wrote this in the scan report that I wrote about him. Um, his 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 insistence that I think that's the word that I use. He always wants to play the short pass. He always wants to connect more closely. With his team, is it? And so I think that is really helpful because um, without that, Liverpool would probably be playing forward a bit too much. Um, yeah, and, and then moving on from that, um, I think I want to touch on another thing that I think is really, really good is that um, Liverpool are not as much. This is probably one of our weaker, mm-hmm. weaker best points, but I think not as much. But I think we're definitely um, trying to utilize pinning now. Pinning is a concept where. Yeah. Trent, Trent, and McAllister maybe stand in the block, um, and um, and essentially fix the double pivot or the nine, whoever's um, man marking or cover shadowing, um, in order to free up space to free up time for arrivals from maybe supply line, Nunes, Diaz, whoever coming deep to turn the spin, um, and so that's something that when that. <laughs> We're doing it okay. We're doing it okay. I think we, I think we can do that. Better. I think we can definitely. I think of course we can definitely play in the center a bit more, um, a bit more often. I do think that we're doing it more, but we, there's another level that we need to go to. Um, and as well, to be fair, as well, we are using that um, the overload fabric principles really, really well. I think um, Van Dyke um, is probably the biggest culprit in this. Um, where we we might build down down the left with. Um, with maybe Jones controlling that Jones, you got Diaz. Um, you might have um, well, um, you might have uh, Nuno dropping in, and then May. Uh, sorry, and then you've got, and then you maybe get the ball back to Van Dyke, who can play a first time ping two star, who's straight away in a one v one, and that's yeah. just devastating. So that's something that would do really really well. Um, and as well as well, I think even Pep Lynch said that. I think Pep, yeah, Pep. Um, you said how um, Nunes, you know, we have we have the option of going going over, going through the press. Um, you know, um, he's able, he's his ability to fix his man as well is sensational. I believe it was a goal against. I think it was against Wolves away, if I recall. Um, sensational. I think he came on. Yeah. And I think he came on, and um, his ability. I think 
I think Allison pinged the ball and he completely ruined his man and was able to play in Salah. I'm not too sure, but yeah, yeah so that's yeah. the as well. So, yeah, that's I think that's how our bullet has improved and um, where we're using the, these options. And I think as well, to be fair, something that's like quite really basic or like quite really um like I think goes on notes is that the technical ability of our players is just higher. That's my reason. And it's and it's obviously <laughs> basic, but it's a big big factor, you know, if you're able to keep the ball that if you're able to control maybe sometimes difficult, if you're able to, you know, play a pass. And we'll see, you know, if you're able to pass the ball with a bit more technical, with a bit more technical, um, technical understanding, these are things that you know that help that you know that you can't so like like you can't you know play one you um, play one twos or you know try to play these pings without having the ability to play them. So yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. about so about board up, yeah. I think I think with pinning you, that, that was a great point that you brought up because um, I think pinning is actually a very underrated part of of the game. I think pinning is actually a very good way to manipulate the opposition and the way you want to manipulate them. Um, from sort of the theme of what you were what you were saying brings me to sort of I think one of the I think let's get into some of the, the positives like the real good stuff that we've seen. Um, and I think some of the real good stuff that we've seen this season has been that sort of new attacking dimension that we've found that sort of attacking fluidity that we've found. Um, I think the right-hand side is the best, best example of that. Um, at times when Trent is inverted and he's playing through the center, you see Sobosai occupying the um, the sort of the touchline at times, which will allow Salah to play that more central role, be closer to goal. At times you'll see Salah hugging the touchline um, and then Sobosai would make the run into the half space, sort of overlapping such underlapping run. And at times you just see us go back to sort of traditional Liverpool with Trent and Salah both playing down the wings, um, down the touchline, and Trent actually having having an ability to whip in some crosses or play Salah through. Um, so I think those three is that those that trio of players is the best example of sort of the, the different rotations that we've been able to get just because of our technical quality and just because of sort of the players improving, um, which we weren't able to do anymore with sort of the likes of Henderson and Fabinho and and um, even towards Wijnaldum at the end of his years or Naby Keita. Um, but just because we've got these better players now, we can just do more in the attacking scheme because they're, one, I'm not going to say they're more intelligent, but they're just more able in terms of sort of the things they're able to do. But probably there there is a sort of an enhanced intelligence level as well with the with the way they combine with each other. So yeah, what do you think about that? I guess to put a a word to it, I just like to call it sort of attacking fluidity or, or the rotations in attack. Um, what do you what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think um to be to be to be fair to even though I've probably criticised Henderson a lot, yeah. to be fair, Henderson, and and this is a, a this is a weird weird game, but a weird like um, memory. But I recall, yeah, we played Crystal Palace in the in the season that we went for the quadruple. Um, we played yeah. Crystal Palace, and I think that game, uh, Naby Keita scored that um, that banger from, from from the corner, and, and then yeah. he had that. Weird, oh, yeah. I remember watching that game, and I think it was James Trent play that game. It was James Milner, he was right back, and it was Salah, obviously right wing, and, and then Henderson. And I recall being shot out like I was flabbergasted at how fluid and how insanely good that front view that um Milner that Henderson was. Salah. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, um. Um. And obviously as well, 
as well, just to contrast as well, I think it's the fact that, for example, um, Milner really, really comfortable with, you know, giving those... So, for example, on the other side, Robertson is really good at providing those runs from deep, the runs yeah. that are not trapped, on the overlap, on the underlap, and... Um, on the other side, you don't really see that with Trent. Trent doesn't isn't he can do that obviously, but he isn't. Yeah. Uh, and so, I think with Trent, think, best case you'll get an overlap, but most likely it'll just be sort of sitting outside the space, looking across. That's usually what it is. Yeah, or maybe you see him do it in in a transition moment, but in settled play, yeah, you don't transition. Really yeah. yeah, you don't really see him doing overlap the way you see. Robertson and so um I think as well yeah just the um the ability of the ability that Sabozla has to receive the ball on the touchline in the half phase with back to goal in the deep position um being able to pick up passes is the fact that all of them can 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 pop up anywhere and exactly. still be effective as they were in their better position if, if that makes sense. So Bozlai is more capable. Trent we, 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 we will be here forever. And obviously Salah, again, whatever, like, like Salah, Salah. And so I think the rotations, I think someone said this as well, I think is a saying where, you know, you don't ever want to use um, or um, rely on rotations for the sake of rotations. Yeah, you, of course. Yeah. You don't want to use rotations as the ends. You want to use them as the means. So you want to use rotations as the means for your players to be able to play passes, to, to be able to generate um, 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 chances. And I think our rotations allow us to do that. You can put yeah. live trends on any, anywhere on that, anywhere, and any of them can affect the game or can connect with their teammates in the manner that is needed. Like, for example, as soon as um, Salah gets the ball in the inner one v one, for example, suppose I knows I need to I need to provide a run that can maybe attract the player um, to go with me, or maybe I can attack the space that he doesn't um, think. And so, it's just about having that understanding and just understanding your teammate. And and as well, I think Trent said this. I think Trent said this. I think Trent said this. He said that the fact that he knows that these players that he plays with now this season can receive the ball in any manner back to goal so he's more comfortable um connecting with teammates. so yeah i'll say yeah it's really, really it's, it's really 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 good um especially down the right side um, um i think Trent and salah i think anyone most players can come in there and, do you know what i mean so yeah um, yeah, yeah. I think I think you made a few really good points. There. I think freedom and sort of confidence, the sort of intangible qualities. I think one Klopp and the system has given them the freedom to make these rotations. But the as you said, the rotations aren't really a template. The rotations are you just need to make the rotations that you need to make so you can find the passes that you need to find. That's the end goal. You need to find the passes that you need to find. And the rotations are just a means of finding those passes. But as you said, also just the confidence that Trent, Trent has that like, oh, I've got this player who can do these amazing things. So I'm going to um, do my role better as a result of that. And I, I think that's been a, that, that sort of chemistry has been a great result of, um, of sort of their success. So, yeah, I guess in, in terms of the positives, were there any other really major things that you want to want to touch on in terms of what Lupo have done really, really, really well that we already haven't talked about? Um, I mean, have we, like, have we touched a base? I'll say I'll say one thing I'll say is that our individual, I'll, I'll say 
the players, like individualized, so Bosley, Sauer, Nunes, um, Harvey Elliott, don't forget him, Trent, oh, yeah, obviously, um, Van Dyke, and Allison. We have a lot of players who just individually are playing out of their skin, Salah, of course. And so, for example, Nunes against Newcastle, two goals bang. Um, what do you call it? Um, um, what, what game was it? Um, when blah, what game was it? Um, the game where Salah scored two goals was it the last game against um, Brentford? Brentford. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like we have more players who are able to, even when we aren't playing well, affect game bang one chance, one swing ball, one rotation, one um, third man combination. Just it's 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 almost as if we have. I think I said this in my I, I wrote a um. A five game report on yeah the team. yeah the review yeah, I'll, I'll put i'll post our link in the description by the way guys any of samuel's links will be in the description his, his work is great please go check it out uh you will be in, you'll be enlightened <laughs> um but um yeah so um yeah like um we have a lot of players who individually can make the difference within a second and i think that will that will carry us a long way i don't know how far we can go with that but i think Right now, I think it, it's definitely, definitely, definitely um, be a playing a, a big part of the season. So yeah, yeah I think that's 100. I think I think individual quality is the sort of the X factor that takes you over the line when sometimes the the system is just not not functioning or there's just you've had an off day. Um, yeah, so I, I, one player I want to talk about before we so we'll we'll preview Man City next. Um, but one player I want to talk about um, is Endo. What what are you what do you what's your initial? Because obviously the the Twitter community has been pretty pretty harsh on him. Um, I think a bit too harsh. I, I don't think he's been great. But I thought, for example, in the the Brentford game, he got a lot of criticism for um, solely based off a of foot mob rating, which I, I thought was dumb. Um, but I, I thought his first half against Brentford was actually all right. I thought in the second half is when he got physically frustrated um and he was way late to his challenges and he made some rash ones and um perhaps he could have been sent off um, whatever you thought thoughts on that are but i thought in the first half he was actually not that bad he controlled the tempo well i think with endo the one thing i'll say he just there's clear sort of boundaries and limits to what he can do he's not going to be able to play that pass over the press like Subasai will be able to he's not going to be able to play that vertical groundbreaking pass that McAllister always tries he will play the simple passes and he will ensure that the ball will be able to constantly be circulated don't expect a wonder pass to break the opposition from Endo I don't think you're going to get that what you will get though is I think a bit more organization in covering the spaces and sort of mopping up the spaces and rest defense and I think you'll just get constant circulation on the ball. I think those are his strengths and obviously dual winning. I think dual winning wise, he's pretty good. I just think in the second half against Brentford, he was, he sort of just physically fatigued a bit and therefore he was a fraction of a second later to the challenges. And then therefore those yeah. challenges started looking nastier than they did. Um, so I think Klopp knows what he's doing with Endo. I don't think he expects a long-term starter in Endo. I think he just expects a player who can do the job to a decent extent when required to do the job. What are your thoughts? I agree. Um, I agree mostly with with what you said. Um, I think, um, of course, when we signed him, I was obviously against the signing. Of course, um, yeah. But that that wasn't that wasn't due to the play itself per se. It was just due to the fact that I have a I have a way that I think the tra- our transfer policy should be, and obviously he didn't fit that. Um, and obviously mm-hmm. I just think. Um, 
when you're buying players, any player, any player, you know, you have to buy them with the idea that, okay, this player can come and take the place of this player in my heart 11. And that's how you build a team that's full of winners. For example, with City, for example, even with Arsenal right now, they're buying players who you're thinking, oh, but how's he going to start? How's he going to start, for example? And and so that's what I'm looking for. Um, but obviously he was bought for 16 million, I think it was. Um, 16 million, I think that was a fee, if I'm not mistaken. And obviously he's 30 years old, I believe, 30, 31, if I'm not mistaken. And I think, yeah, there's clear physical limitations. Um, you can just... just you, 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 you can just see by his uh, his arrivals when he arrives in tackles or yeah. challenges, you can see he's a bit too late. Um, and you can tell that um, he needs time to get used to the speed. He he probably, he looks better than he did when he first, I think the Newcastle game, for example, he looked oh, yeah. hor- horrid, hor- horrific. Yeah. Um, but against Brentford, like you said, I think he played well. I think against Toulouse, I think he played against them. And, and not the not not again that we lost, but in, in the first one, played, the one at Anfield. Yeah, yeah, he played well for his profile. Obviously, he isn't a, he's a top profile. He isn't someone that's gonna. He isn't like you know a DM like Rice or whatever. But I think for his capabilities yeah. and yeah. what he has and what he can bring to the team, I think. He's he's done his job, but obviously we shouldn't have signed him. Obviously, but he's here, and I mm. think far. So I don't have any qualms about his performances. I think obviously, um, I was even impressed. I think uh, maybe maybe your viewers don't know about. I was even impressed by he had an interview, um, and I saw that he's actually someone who actually um makes tactical videos about games, and he like sees the game in that aspect. Yeah, oh, does he? So, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and to find the article, um, I'll I'll send it to you. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I know. So just just obviously, he's a professional player, um, and and I know that obviously is tough. Again, he's coming to a team where we need a specific profile in that sixth position, and he's in that. Obviously, yeah, he's not that profile. Yeah, yeah, and like you can even see with his when in build up as well, he he's not really a build up heavy. Um, Midfielder, and so yeah, we we will definitely we definitely struggled, um, or will struggle in the future with him playing. But I think you know he can probably um better his capabilities um as time goes on. Obviously, his his ceiling isn't super high, um, but yeah, yeah, I'm really got qualms. Twitter just talks rubbish about players sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think that specific profile is that we need at six? <sighs> Looking at rice, man. Just, just, yeah. just, just, just someone who can mop up, mop up the the mess, I guess. To to yeah. continue that analogy, but cover then also ground. drive forward, drive forward, cover ground, um, be very attackingly sort of versatile because the rice can yeah. play in that yeah. left half space, but he can play down the center as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think just just make sure that they can cover ground. That's the main thing. Just co- being able to cover so much ground yeah. in a short space of time, being able to being able to. <laughs> Conditions and so I think that, um one thing that Rice is just running that Rice is sensational is he's sensational at running back to so in the you know in the transition moment you're running back to your goal as the six he's able it's very very hard to defend facing backwards or or running towards the on goal and Rice is sensational um at doing that and obviously even during the press I think that I even said this as well um. Just quickly, so um, against Tottenham, our pressing structure was, I think it was obviously Nunes centre, and then you had Salon Diaz narrow, 
trying to block um, yeah. the pass um, from Van de Ven and and Romero, and then you had um, Jones and Sobosly right so behind him. Yeah, and and then you had McAllister. He was like basically acting as like the sweeper, you know. And yeah. so I think I said that if we need someone who can dominate those situations where we're pressing. But you know, it, teams will always be able to to break through your press. But having someone who is decisive in duels, can cover ground, and can mop up those specific situations when we're pressing, I think that would take us to a whole different level. Um, I think even sometimes, you, even though the structure and the intent of our press is okay, you can see that maybe sometimes McAllister might lose a duel, or maybe um, you know. It, it maybe a uh, Trent might lose, uh, might not get it in time, whatever. And so I think right now we're seeing that our team is more, it's more molded in this in the um in the name of an, of an attacking direct team rather than it being a team that has obviously great more great attacking talent, but at the same time we need a few players in there who 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 give it that grit and who can you know just kill off any situation the way Rice does it. Mm-hmm. Say, I love Rice, by the way. Just... Oh yeah, he's 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 one of the best. He's one of the best at what he does. So when when Arsenal got him, I was like, ah. <laughs> but um, I to be fair, I don't think we ever had a shot at getting him just because of the the price and the the asking demands. But yeah, I, I think I agree with that in terms of the the profile. Um, just someone who I think covers ground is the best way to sort of summarize it. Um, just someone who's there in the moments we need him to be there. Um. Yeah. Okay, let's let's talk about Man City. I guess let's preview the the big clash this weekend, which hopefully could it could go wrong. But uh, <laughs> I'm, hoping, I'm hoping for a draw at best. I'm hoping for a point at best. Uh, honestly, if you come out there with a point, I'd be pretty impressed. Um, yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't go yeah. too haywire in terms of scoreline. I, I don't think it will. I, I think I'm with faith. Um, yeah. All right. So, what do you what do you think? What do you think is sort of the, the keys to to un- unlocking success in, in this game? from Liverpool's perspective honestly I was even think I was even like writing up about this game yesterday just like just thinking about it and I was just like the, the timing is just like playing it first of all we have to address why what are these kickoff like, times what are these kickoff times man? like come on bro like come yeah. on um, I'm not complaining because it's a, it's a good time for me. It's like 11 uh, p.m. for me. Because any later goes at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. for me. But I get it from, from a player point of view. It's horrible, bro. It's horrible. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's, that is fair. But yeah, like, um, it's just not good enough. Um, And so I think that might be a big factor. Although, I can't remember, but I'm sure us and Man City have similar amount of players in South America. That's, that's the... To be fair... The, the top is fine ish if we didn't have any South American players. If we, yeah, it's a South if, American that kills it, man. Yeah, it, it just kills it. And I think, you know, it's going to be really hard to get over that. If we can get over that, I think I said this already, this game will be the best game to see what we're really about. Like, um, yeah. I think, we have, yeah, we, yeah, we've got a full squad, hopefully, no injuries um, by the time we get back. Um, and so, yeah, I, I I think safely. I'm looking for a draw. I think if if we're not if we're not at our full, our best in terms of like yeah. physical, like yeah, physical, physical capability. Yeah. Give me a draw. If we are if we are you know maybe we can get back in shape or whatever. Then I think I think I think we can beat them 
two nil if we're at a physical if we can if we can somehow manifest our physical peak. Um, but I think a one one draw is probably. My I think yeah, I can see I can see a one 0 That's what I can see. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think um I think transition is going to be big. I think capitalizing in the transition moments because we've seen that that's the, that's what like fascinates me about the Liverpool side. The potential is endless. Like what we've talked about today has primarily been what settled attacking play, right? Building up your attacking rotations, final third, which tempo you should play in. But a lot of Liverpool's very very good moments this season have come in transition, and it makes complete sense. The profiles are built for transition. Salah and Diaz are runners. Nunez are runners. They have great one on one capabilities. Sabasai is a runner. Trent has great line breaking passes, which are useful in transition. Van Dijk can play passes. McAllister can play passes. So transitionally, we are very good as well. And I think it's Man City is actually one game where transitioning we could potentially feast because it's gonna be very we're not gonna have the ball more than them. I, I don't I don't expect us to have the ball more than them. I think they will dominate possession. And I'm I'm pretty sure that's been the that's been the narrative in most of the Man City Liverpool games. The one that I can definitely remember is the the one last year where we won at Anfield one nil. Um we mm-hmm. sort of just soaked up pressure. Klopp set us up very well defensively with Harvey Elliott yeah. doing a lot of defensive work and then we just hit them on the um on the transition and that's where a lot of our good moments came. So I think transitioning it's gonna be a very big game. Um but transition one of the things that always lets us down is just that final ball. We get into that final third and then we just mess up that final pass, we mess up that final ball, and all of a sudden that transition moment is gone. Um so yeah, well, what do you think about that? Transitionally uh, a big game? Yeah. Yeah, I think obviously Man City will definitely have more possession. Um, but I just I'm just bringing up a stat here yeah. about Man City that is interesting. So, um, this was released by Mark Stats, um, really good guy. He does stats. Um, and so Man City are so obviously they're still completing build up as they should. You know, yeah, um, yeah. 90, 95%, 90 percent of the time they complete build. However, they are allowing. The opponent to ha- so basically they're allowing the opponent to have too much possession in build up, so they're not being able. So basically, they're not able to press the opponent effectively to win the ball higher. So that makes example, sense. If I think about the Chelsea game, yeah. If I think yeah. about the Chelsea game, that does make sense. Yeah. So you got Liverpool and Brighton, Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal, who are at the top where they should be. And you would expect Man City would. And so you've got teams, and Man City, by the way, are near teams like Aston Villa, who are good, but still yeah. in that top. Me too. Yeah. And they're even um, on the same level as Fulham. You've got Everton. You've got Wolves who are in that bracket. And so Man City are not as capable at um, suppressing and pressing opponents the way they should. And so, for example, just to quickly... Um, estimate the percentage. So the opponent are completing build up against Man City about you say uh, I'll say about eighty five percent of of the time, Man City. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And just and just for context, Liverpool is the highest, and we are allowing the opponent to to complete build up seventy percent of the time. And so mm-hmm. teams are completing high build up, but. It's just quite thing to see how Man City are quite low in this mm. regard, and so maybe, maybe um, if we can really have a good build up, I think yeah. we cause them problems just like Chelsea did. Yeah, so I think if if we're going by that theme of Man City lagging the build up, then 
I think us balancing the directness is going to be a key aspect of this game. Ensuring when yeah. just because they're allowing us to complete build up, we're not playing these Chelsea-esque 30 Chelsea-esque passes. And when I say Chelsea-esque passes, I mean the passes that we played in the game against Chelsea. Yeah. Well, we were just had, it was I had my brain. That was the most chaotic <laughs> game of football I've seen. Um, uh, but yeah, balancing that directness. You don't want it to turn and repeat of that Chelsea game, but um, I guess it's managing the, the ball in different periods of the game is, is going to be key. Um, I think obviously defending over the press is also going to be key because I think Man City are quite good at going over the press. Um, I think I saw a compilation of Man City going over the press today on Twitter. Um, so I think obviously also press is going to be a big thing, but def- just just defending in sort of, um, yeah, those, the, those balls that go over our midfield is going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, that's sort of what I have from the Man City thing. It's, it's not a detailed preview, but I think those are the main, main things I'd consider in terms of Man City. Um, is, is there anything else do you want to add or uh, we've, we've touched base? Yeah, um, I actually did some watching about Man City yesterday. I, I just watched a few videos and watched yeah. some bits of games. And yeah, so Man City are missing jo- um, Stones, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, Stones should be there. And so Rodri is someone who does, I think, in the recent times, he has been someone who has relied on Stones' ability to play in every single phase of the game. And so Man City are quite reliant on Stones. And so, for example, against Chelsea, Akanji was horrific. And in playing that role where you had to step, in, step up from CB, from from, from the centre-back from the centre back position and into the um, centre-mid position. And I think... Um, Man City won't be able to progress the ball as cleanly as they would do with Stones. Stones, yeah. Stones has a Stones, I think um, I, was, I, was, I was watching a video by um, The Athletic and also yeah, yeah. About, Tifa, yeah. yeah, yeah, and obviously they're talking about why um, and obviously they're talking about how Stones is able to do small things like receiving the ball with, within the block but being able to keep it for five, six, seven seconds and then releasing it. Um, um, for example, and even when you've got Stones, he's able to even pop up in that half space um, and maybe to allow Bernardo Silva to maybe um, drop deep. And so I think their rotations may not be as smooth because their players aren't as people in popping up in the different Stones, like Liverpool. Um, yeah. So one thing I think we have to look at for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's, I think that's like the, the main thing that I caught on from C. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think yeah. I, I'll... Oh, I yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty happy with that. I think, honestly, I think we'll, we'll leave it there. I think we've had a, honestly, I think we've had a very insightful discussion. We've talked to a lot of things, Liverpool. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think we touched base on everything. I think there's a lot more we can talk about, but we'll go on for hours and hours. Um, uh, we're around, so I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll link up again. Um, thanks for your time. I, I really appreciate your time. Um, uh, once again to the listeners um, I'm sure they enjoyed it as well all the Samuels links will be in the description I'm sure you're already aware of him um, but please check him out please check out his work um, his his own podcast his medium the stuff that he writes and obviously his Twitter account where he sort of just has his candid candid thoughts on games and, and, and the season how it's progressing thanks for your time Samuel I appreciate it thank you bro cheers if you did enjoy this podcast please drop a follow uh, please share it around. Please provide any feedback. You can contact me below. And make sure to check out Samuel and I. We'll be back next week for the Man City Breakdown.